Um, I've had some epic tries and failures in my life and I have literally been able to stand on the shoulders of giants um, to, who've influenced me into who I am today and influenced my character and my development. And uh, I'm deeply grateful for my dad. And if you've heard me preach before, he, he seems to make his way into my sermons because his, his life was so influential in mine.
Sing. 
I wanted to share a, um, a passage from Exodus that my wife shared with me a couple days ago and it really impacted me. I wanted to share it with you guys today. Exodus 3 verse 7, it's when Moses encounters the burning bush and the Lord starts talking to him. God says this in verse 7. It says, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So my wife pointed out to me that in verse 7, God says this sentence. He goes, I know their sufferings. And that word know in the original language is an amazing word called yada. And the word yada means experiential knowledge. It's the same word used when it says that Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived a son. So God is saying here, not just I know their pain. It's not information. It's not statistics. He's saying I've experienced it at an intimate level and I'm going to do something about it. And this was just rocking us the other day. And I wanted to just share this over you that whatever that your pain is not just information to the Lord. He is experiencing it and he's willing to do something about it. So let's pray together. Father, we just receive your help. We receive your comfort and we recognize that you're there. We recognize that you don't just look at us from afar. You look at us from the inside. You are in us and you're around us. And Father, it helps us so much to know that you just know, that you actually yada our pain, our suffering, our struggles, the things that we're going through, the things that we're carrying, and that you plan to do something about it. You plan to take action. We thank you, Father, that you are a man of action, and we make the way for you to move today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, Blue Water family, and thank you for joining us for another online service. Welcome. We're so glad to have you. For announcements this week, uh, we hope that you're having a wonderful Valentine's Day. And if you're a parent of a junior high or high schooler, there's still a chance that you, your, your child can go to games night tonight and you guys can get a date night. So if you are a parent of a junior high or high school student, uh, please contact Connor Hendricks for more information on our youth group games night. It's going to be very fun and very safe. Uh, secondly, we have a worship night coming up, which is going to be wonderful to get to worship together again, again, very safely. All of our COVID protocols are in place, masks and social distancing, but it'll be such a wonderful time to get to see people and to get to worship the Lord. That'll be on the 28th of this month. Lastly, you might have noticed that uh, Jordan hasn't been around for a little bit. Uh, in these videos. He's taking some time along with his family to really spend time with his grandma, Norma, who's been kind of nana to a lot of us. And so we really just want to bless him. We're praying for him and his family uh, in this kind of crucial time that they get to spend together. That means that we get to hear from some other voices. And today we're so excited to get to hear from Julie Olson, who is, yes, who is a powerful prayer warrior and woman of God and someone that I am so glad uh, is in my life. So 
We would also like to continue our worship by giving tithes and offerings. So if you're a regular member of Blue Water, we have some new ways to give. You might have heard last week, we have a PayPal system now, as well as giving through texts on your phone, as well as our normal ways of signing up on the website with your credit card or sending checks into the church office. So if that's you, if you're a regular attender, please uh, give as, as you feel led. But if you're just watching this for the first time, if you're a visitor to Blue Water, please just uh, keep your checkbooks where they are, keep your credit cards where they are. We want this service to be a gift to you. So thank you, and now families will pray for you. Father God, we do just thank you uh, for family, Lord, for this wider ohana and community that we have, um, that we get to be in each other's lives and, and live together um, the way that, that Jesus is really calling us to live. And so we just bless each member of our family, Lord, to be close to you and to feel loved by you um, and to feel taken care of uh, by you and by uh, each other. Lord, help us today to just walk out your faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Blue Water family, and everyone who's watching. I'm Julie Olson, and I've been with Blue Water about 10 years, and I rolled in here um, super broken in one of the hardest seasons of my life, and I really spent about two years just being loved on and influenced by this Blue Water family. And as I started to get my feet back under me and start walking and then start running again, um, I've tried a lot of different things through the years, and now I've kind of landed on, I get a new title, which is Connections Pastor, because I love connecting things in a lot of different ways, with people, with God, with um, the things that I do. So just a few of the things I do around here, um, I get to encourage and resource our Ohana group leaders, and I get to do that with Kwok and Antonio, who is on sabbatical, we miss you, hope you're doing well. Um, and I co-lead an Ohana group myself, uh, and those are my favorite people that I get to run with, some of my favorite people. I also help shepherd the, and lead the Blue Water ship into our mission on the staff team. Um, and I'm the leader of intercession and prayer at our church. And it's probably the coolest thing I'm doing in this season. And it's, it's, uh, we do a 24-hour prayer meeting every month. We pray for like 24 hours, and, and I'm getting to dive in with a group of people that are really committed to this and we just seek God's face to see what he wants to do. So I'll be sharing a little more about that in my sermon. Uh, I do admin stuff like bookkeeping, boring, um, and I also live on and am restoring a 64-foot sailboat. And I felt called to do this four years ago. I bought her, um, thought we'd be sailing by now, um, but lots of repairs. So I've spent the last four years uh, just really working on her and repairing her because God has a plan to send me and some of the folks around here. Uh, I don't know where yet, but stand by. I'll let you know as that plan unfolds. And I get to preach occasionally. So I'm honored to be able to share with you a little bit of my heart today, uh, what I've learned and my experience. Um, and I, I love the topic that I'm getting to share on because influencing people is something that's been part of my uh, my intentionality and my consciousness for a lot of years and wanting to really be intentional about influencing those around me and looking at the influences that have um, shaped me. So that's what I would like to um, invite you into today. To, we're going to look at the ways we have uh, been influenced and are currently being influenced by those around us 
And then secondly, the ways that we are influencing others and into what. So those will be my two main things I'll be talking about. So whenever I do something like this, I like to look at uh, the, the dictionary to look at a word to see like its origins, you know, the roots of it or what it actually means. So influence in the Oxford Dictionary means the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of those around me. I'll read that again. The capacity to have an effect on the character, development, and behavior of those around me. So our mission at Blue Water is to make powerful kingdom disciples. If you've been around me enough and some of the leaders, you know, that's what we're running after is to make powerful kingdom disciples. A lot of big words in there, um, but I, I will attempt to kind of uh, explain that a bit because disciple can be kind of a loaded word. It's been used a lot through the centuries, through the years. Um, and I, I think it's important for us to understand what it means for us at Blue Water and how we go about doing this. Um, and, and I love the, the analogy, the vision that we've been using that J Jordan got like 12 years ago, that we're airdropped, jungle ready to like bring in the love of Christ, introduce people to him and um, build the kingdom amongst wherever we are, every moment. Um, so in this sermon series, we're kind of talking about that, what it means to be an airdrop, jungle ready person. Um, a disciple. So Jordan started it with independence and how important it is that we hold fast to what we know and what we believe, no matter what's happening around us, no matter what's happening in the media, no matter what's ha happening in the world, that we hold fast to what we know and who we are. That independence is kind of part of the deal. Um, and then last week from Mindy, trying and encouraging, go courageously going after the try, trying things, stepping out, being bold, being courageous. And then today I'm talking about influence. Next week, Rolo will be sharing about listening and how to listen to God and prayer. So let's dig into this thing of influencing those around us. Uh, so much has changed in the last year. We have forcibly been altered, all of us. And for many of us, it's brought us into a season of really kind of taking stock of letting God expose things in our life, in our country, in, in our world, um, but really on the personal level, like stripping away things that aren't needed because there were things that were needed before, but as we move into this new season, there's some things we're gonna need and some things we need to let go of. And that kind of work is really important. And influencing, the influences on us and the ways that we're influencing ties into all that. So I, I was sitting at tracks um, on, on Waianae side uh, a couple days ago and uh, just kind of praying. It was my Sabbath, so I take Mondays off and rest. Um, and I look, and there's two monk seals. And they're, like, playing in the surf and rolling and having this great time. And I got this really clear sense from God to share with you a little bit about what we've been seeing in intercession over the last couple years. Um, because there's some threads that have been powerful to inform us and give us heads up and give us a sense of what God wants to do in this time and, and what's coming um, and, and in these meetings, like the, what we do is we quiet down and we listen um, and we ask God, like, what's on your heart today? What do you want to drop in? Because we want to listen and we want to partner with you and we want to bring it in. Um, and he's honored us with continual downloads, just seeing cool images 
giving us a sense of what it means, how to interpret it, how to apply it, and we've been praying those in. And I'm all, I always scribe what we pray. Um, it's, and I have journals full. Um, because you get to look back and like see these threads. So I, I felt like going back two years seemed like a good marker. And, and two specific themes have been um, threading through. The first one we saw a picture like two years ago of stones being moved on a riverbed so that this, the river could flow more freely. And as we dug into what that actually means for us, we sense that God's really going to be shifting things, both internally, in our roles, in our relationships, in our, in our lives. And, and those shifts are necessary so that the Holy Spirit can just flow through us more freely. Uh, so we've been, we've been praying that for you. We've been praying that for our community. Shift us, God. Move the things that need to be moved because we want to let you flow free, more freely through us. Uh, and then also, a little more recently, we've been seeing um, sailing canoes and vessels, which, you know, I love this. So, um, and that God wants to send us into action to prepare us for what's coming. Um, the, the things happening in the world, like the, the injustices and the suffering, the violence and, and the despair, like these things sadly are not new to humankind. Like they've been happening for all of human history. And, and what God wants to do with us in Blue Water, what we sensed is that we are the ones who can bring the, the things necessary to, to move through it and, and that we can bring the goodness and the kindness and the generosity, the power and the healing and all those things that God is and wants to do to shape and move communities. We're the ones that need to lead the way on that. And we get to. And um, so the, the other thing we saw, like, there's not just going to be one big vessel. There's going to be a bunch of little ones. So there's this sense to this that God's preparing the vessels. And what I know about journeys is the crew is really key. Everybody needs to know their role. They need to know everybody else's role. So unity is really important and understanding what we're doing. Um, and then the vessel has to be in good repair. Boy, do I know about that. But important that we don't take off if the vessel isn't ready. So we, it has to be ready. And then lastly, when you leave for a long journey, provisioning is key. Like what you bring on the journey, you need enough food and you don't wanna bring things that you don't need. So that, that's where kind of that sense of like things need to be let go of, other things need to be picked up in order to get ready for our canoes to take sail. And I, I don't really know what all we're gonna be doing next. I just, we've just sensed that this time is prep. It's prep central to get us ready to sew in the things, let God bring in the things and free flow the things that are going to be needed. So stand by, y'all. We're going on journeys. Um, and thankfully, the Bible gives us all kinds of stories and guidelines and clues on how to influence well, because that's such a key part of it. Who's influencing us, how we're influencing others, such a key part of this. Um, and when I started my faith journey in 1986, long time ago, um, someone told me, hey, read the book of John because it's the, in, the book, in the Bible because it's one of the best ways to get to know Jesus. And I didn't know my head from my tail. Like I came straight out of like wreckage when I came into faith. Um, so I read that book and bawled through most of it. But what I noticed was that Jesus just, he, he found 12 guys, 12, and ran with them. Like he invited them in and he spent all this time influencing them and getting them ready over that three years. They did all kinds of crazy, cool, miraculous stuff. 
um, all kinds of trouble as well. But he really sewed in and he influenced them to get him ready for his departure. Because uh, he knew that, that would happen. So they had three years together. They ran hard. And, um, and at the very end of that, the end of Matthew, he gives a final word to those guys in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus speaking. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, you guys, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you to the end of the age. So there's, there's Jesus's, in a nutshell, like what he wanted us to be about. And that's one of the things I love about being part of Blue Water. That's what we're running after, is to make kingdom disciples everywhere in the world and knowing that Jesus is with us and learning to obey and, and um, live into his suggestions for the faith journey. Uh, it's, yeah, so I think right now it's really key that we look at this, this influence thing. And I really believe it starts at home, home in our internal life and home in where we live, like our actual homes, like it starts there. And so today I really encourage you to take stock, maybe even this week, take stock, center down, think about what has influenced you into today, what's influencing you right now, and what you, how you're influencing others. So let's start with how we have been influenced. Um, I've had some epic tries and failures in my life, and I have literally been able to stand on the shoulders of giants um, to, who've influenced me into who I am today and influenced my character and my development. And uh, I'm deeply grateful for my dad. And if you've heard me preach before, he, he seems to make his way into my sermons because his, his life was so influential in mine. And to actually today marks the sixth anniversary of his death. And I, I didn't know that when I agreed to preach. I figured it out the next day and I was like, wow, that seems really timely. So dad, here we go. Uh, so I'd just like to share with you a little bit about him and his life. Uh, my great-grandparents were from uh, mountain village folks and larger city folks in Poland. And they were in the early 1900s, in their teens, there was this movement in the world of indentured servitude. Strange thing. But there were a lot of folks coming from Europe that could earn their way to America, work for a period of time for their freedom. And so until they gained their freedom, like they were servants. And I, the average was like seven years. So they came and they labored uh, without pay to earn their freedom. And then, uh, and they found each other in America and they had 13 kids. One of them was my grandma. So um, Polish Catholics, so lots of babies in those days. And, and my grandparents, my dad's parents were married like a couple days before the stock market crashed in 29. So if you can imagine like starting your life with somebody when the whole world goes to pieces, that's what they were going into, you know? And so they were, um, they dug in with grit and hard work like their Polish stock taught them. And they had three boys. One of them was my dad, he was the oldest. And, um, uh, the thing that, that I, the stories that I heard from my family is that uh, my grandma, and I watched her do this, like she instilled in her boys to work hard 
and to fiercely go after um, doing better than they came up under, that they would make enough money to really you know, not have to struggle. Um, and, and they instilled that in my dad. So uh, the, so he had this incredible work ethic and this, you know, this background. And actually, like my grandfather changed their family name in, in Indiana is where they landed. Uh, because there was so much racism and struggle against Poles in that community that he changed their, na their family name from Adamczyk to Adams. Um, and that, that, like, yeah, that's kind of gnarly. <laughs> um, so there was that in my dad's history, too. Uh, and, and so a little more about my father. He was really smart, fast runner, and uh, he wanted to play football, but he was too scrawny. Uh, so football coach introduced him to track coach because he was fast. So he actually won state in the mile and he trialed for the Olympics in running. And he landed a scholarship to Purdue University. So no one in his family had ever been to college. Uh, and unfortunately, his, his heart was weak, so he couldn't run. But he was able to get a scholarship before all that happened. So went to Purdue, fast forward. He got his MBA from University of Chicago, married my mom, had three kids, and decided that he really wanted to live in a warm climate. So he moved to California and he landed a job with Scientific Data Systems, a small startup, SDS. And what those guys did is they patented a printing, a copying process called Xerography. So that company became Xerox Corporation. And my dad gave his life, spent decades, my entire you know, life, uh, climbing the corporate ladder of Xerox and building that corporation into a global enterprise. And you know, even like, you don't say we copy things, you say we Xerox things, like it's just a, like, a, yeah, um, so, so he moved up to number two, um, and, and I, I got to watch all of how he did that. Uh, and so I grew up in a really wealthy community, and it was, uh, they were the unhappiest people I've known. Like, I've been a lot of places in the world, and, and those folks were, there was just not a lot of happiness, even though there was all that money. Um, but Somehow my dad's, I think it was his humble roots, kept him grounded. So when all my neighbors and friends and their families were going off to the French Riviera and skiing the Swiss Alps, we were backpacking in the outback for 10 days with no toilets, no showers, all our gear on our back. And my dad was the happiest I ever saw him when he was out there. Um, and I just loved that about him. So he gave me love for nature. Um, and, and so he worked for Xerox all those years, and then eventually he retired and did some venture capitalism for Xerox and made a ton of money. So he was super successful, but the thing that I saw was the, um, like he employed hundreds of people and, and their families, and, and I loved that. And, and his group of people loved working for him, like he was a beloved leader. And something about his, his um, intellect and his uh, way with people, the way he influenced, um, just drew people to him. And he didn't, he didn't speak often. So he's one of those guys that when he spoke, you really wanted to listen because he, yeah. Um, so I think in, in uh, unfortunately for me in high school, I got influenced by the wrong crowd. So I went straight into drugs and alcohol, stupidness. And, and my dad was gone all the time. And, and actually late in life, he was able to share with me his greatest regret was how uh, little time he had with his family and with me, um, which I loved hearing. Um, but I was in trouble all the time. And when he was home, like he knew I was in trouble, but he would just speak into me, Julie, you're, you're lovable. Like the storms will pass. 
um, and, and no matter like what stupidity, my word, you're doing, like you're lovable and you're gonna be okay. And, and so I drugged and, and drank my way through college, somehow graduated, I don't even know how. Um, and my dad like flew the fam in the Xerox jet to come to my graduation. And it was just like, I was just so stinking proud of him. And my grandma, oh, she was so proud of him. And, and the influence of him speaking into my identity all those years and showing me this example of a guy who was like courageous to try things and super like, yeah, willing. It really made its mark on me. And I am so grateful for, for that influence in my life. Um, and I share, like we have all been influenced by those around us. And the question is how? How were those influences on us? How did they shape our character? How did they develop us? How did they um, help us have healthy patterns that turn into healthy habits? Uh, and, and unfortunately, there were a lot of bad influences too. So it's important to look at both of those, like to honor and appreciate the influences that were good and to do the hard work of digging into the ones that were bad and like what they produced in us because that's what God does. Like he comes into the places where um, our character isn't so great and he wants to change it. He wants to shape it into godly character. So again, I encourage you to spend some time in taking stock on, on your, your past influences and who's influencing you now. Maybe there's places, maybe you got, you're around people right now that you shouldn't be around. You know, and, and there are so many ways that we can, as a faith community, like find people to run with that are good influences on us. So I'll talk a little bit more about that now. Influencing others. Uh, when we think about influence, it's in the context of discipleship, right? Because that's what we're doing. Like we're influencing people into this journey of becoming like Jesus and going after what he's created us to do. And it happens when we dig in and go deep with, with a, a posse, like a group, you know, a tribe, our people, um, and reminding one another what we can be. And I encountered that 10 years ago when I rolled into Blue Water. Like, they, I just can't believe how many times people had to remind me that I was good, that I was gonna be okay, that I was gonna make it through, and, and speaking into my soul the things that my heart needed to hear to, to move through that time. Um, that was powerful influence on me. Um, and the scriptures are threaded with stories and teachings and direction and guidelines on how to influence and in God's way. So another guy that is probably the best example for how to influence people is Paul. So Paul, Apostle Paul wrote most of the books in the New Testament, lots of letters, and we see so much about his life, like specific details on how he did it, how he influenced. So I just want to touch on a few of those today. Um, and, and just one thing that, that has always occurred to me about Paul is how stalwart he was on going after his, his mission and his focus, which was to move around um, Asia Minor and plant churches. So he'd just roll up in these cities, he'd like share the gospel, he'd share about Jesus, invite people into the faith journey, and then establish churches. That's what this guy did, and he did it regardless of so many messed up things happened to him. He was shipwrecked, he was imprisoned, he was flogged, like messed up, awkward, like all kinds of messy situations. Um, and, he, and so we can see some glimpses in how he like moved through that stuff, how he stayed internally independent and trying and trying and trying over and over again and how to influence others into that kind of life. 
And Timothy was one of his um, favorites, I think. Uh, he, uh, in Acts 16, he it tells us that he, Paul was in Lystra planning a church, and he heard from some of the respected people there that this Timothy guy was, had a solid reputation. So I went and invited him. Hey, Timothy, let's go. And so then um, he, you know, Timothy ran with him. And we actually have two books in the Bible that are written to Timothy when Paul wasn't with him, First and Second Timothy. So those are powerful books to, to look at that kind of influence. Um, I'm just going to look at a couple of glimpses now. Um, there are three things that I noticed uh, right off about the way Paul influenced. And the first one is that he prayed a lot. Paul prayed a lot. And there are tons of prayers in the scriptures about that. He also recognized the image and the activity of God in those around him. So he's super mindful of the image and activity of God in those around him. And then lastly, he treated people with honor. Like his influence was seriously through honoring people. So let's unpack those a little bit. Um, so praying for them often, that's what he did. I'm gonna um, read out of Philippians, one of the prayers that Paul prayed for his folks. I thank my God and all my remembrances of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you and among you will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. Here's another prayer. This one's a little longer. But stick with me. First Thessalonians 3. For what thanks can we give to God for you to return in return for all of the joy with which we rejoice because of you before our God? I just love that. Like he just has all this joy in, in the prayers. And as we keep praying most earnestly night and day that we may see your faces and make complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus, direct our way to you, and may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before God at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So we see like the, this deep, intimate ability to like, press in. And, and I, I've tasted some of this. I've literally like seen things in the people I'm running with, things that concern me. And I've got on my knees and I've prayed that thing through. And I've seen like people recognize something in their life that needs to go, or they need, recognize the need to repent or ask for forgiveness from someone. And I never had to say a word because it happened in prayer. And I think we, see, we can see that in Paul too. Um, and another powerful thing that Paul's prayers have influenced in me is um, it's kind of showed me how to pray for people. And there's a lot of the scriptures where I'll literally put my name in there instead, you know, and pray for myself. I'll do that for someone else. I'll put their name in there. I'll say, Mindy, you know, the God of all, you know, and, and go after it that way. And what I have learned in my prayer life for those I'm running with is that it shapes them and it shapes me. It influences my ability to see what God's doing in them, call it out, run with it, encourage them in it, even if they can't see it yet. Um, and, and that's been a powerful thing that I learned from Paul. Um, and, and also like 
some some folks like it's frustrating. Like, it takes a long time, you know. Like can't see any progress here. When I get in the prayer place for those folks, it shifts my thinking that I'm able to just like see the way God does. And that is golden. Like that has made all the difference in my friendships and my ability to disciple, my ability to influence. So let's follow Paul on that one. Praying for others. Second, Paul recognized the image of God in them and called it out. When we're intentional about influencing those around us, it's helpful to remember that we each carry the image of God in us. It's in our DNA. We are born with it. It's like, our, it's, it's there. And so, and the very first book of the Bible, Genesis 1, God says that. God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So when we really take a hold of this and believe this for each other and for ourselves, that the image of God is in there somewhere, it's in every one. Every single human on the planet has the image of God in there. And like Jesus and like Paul, if we're super intentional about finding that in people and calling it out and cultivating it and, and nurturing it in prayer and running with people the distance to, to discover those things, that's going to make the difference because a lot of us come in and you can't really see the image at all. Like it's all, all messed, all covered up with grime and, and trouble and pain and brokenness. And so as, as, the, um, as the ones who have Christ, like that's what we want to do is just be healing that stuff up and pulling out that image of God in people so that we can run and do that with others. This is kind of long, but it's one of the most powerful influence passages that there is. For though I am free from all people, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I may gain more. To the Jews I became a, as a Jew, so that I might gain Jews. To those who are under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being under the law myself, so that I might gain those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, I became as one without the law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ so that I might gain those who are without the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might gain the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that I may by all means gain some, save some. I do all the things for the sake of the gospel, so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. So there's this, this powerful way that Paul was honoring of what where people came from, where their status was in life. Like it didn't matter. He just, he just grooved in and he honored and he paid attention and he listened and he was intentional to be with them, to love on them right where they're at and see the image of God and pull it out and share Christ with them. So in conclusion, um, I know we all struggle related to bad influences. We can't really escape it because there's just way too many. Um, from our past, from our present. When we see icky things in others, <laughs> let's assume that trouble and struggle are underneath that. Let's assume that about each other. Let's, let's not be the first thing we assume instead of, ah, you know, run, run, stay away, whatever. Let's do that. Um, in my Hana group right now, we're doing testimonies and each one is sharing each week. And I stole this idea from Kwok, who stole it from Stu Wang. <laughs> and and I, it's just powerful because these are people I've known. But when I hear the story and I see the arc of God's influence in their lives and the people who've influenced them, 
and the gnarly things that happened to them that I didn't even know about, like the compassion and the vulnerability that we're encountering together is bringing us close and it's healing us up. And it's like getting our, our canoe ready to sail. So if you're not in a group, please, please try. Try a group. There's a ton of them. There's 16 of them. Um, there is a place for you, I promise. Uh, and also, you know, sometimes there's things that we just can't seem to get through. So we have a Sozo ministry and that one is alive and thriving and, and growing. And it's a group of folks who are super gifted that will go in deep with you and for healing and uh, in a super confidential and safe way. So you can look up our Sozo ministry. The faith journey demands that we deal with our inner life that we do the hard work of looking at our character, our development, our behaviors, and allow the transforming work of God to change us and mold us into his image. We don't have to wait for our purpose to get all sorted out to do this. We start trying things. Running with others is the place to do it. That's the influence, that's discipleship. And just a few tips I'll leave you with. Prayerfully choose who you're going to run with. Choose it. You have a choice. Find your people. Find your community if you're not in one already. They're probably going to be the ones that you figure out your purpose with. It just sort of works out that way. And like Paul calling Timothy and, and Jesus calling his guys, don't wait for others to call you. I've had to like do that. Just put myself out there. Um, and take a hold and ask, you know, join in. It hasn't been easy because I'm an introvert, so <laughs> yeah. Um, and also ask God who you're supposed to be influencing. That's a routine prayer I have. Like, who do you want me in my tribe? Who do you want me in my inner circle that I can dig in and go deep with? And he shows me. And sometimes it isn't people I would have chose, but they're definitely, if I listen and I quiet down and I really dig in with prayer on that, God's really shown me who I'm supposed to influence. And I pray for them regularly. Let's do that. Let's whoever he calls you to pray for him regularly. Look for the image of God in him. Pull it out. And lastly, try some stuff. Mindy gave a wonderful list last week. If you go on our website, like there's so many ways that you can try things. And if it doesn't fit, try something else. We have Keiki ministry. We've got youth ministry. We have Ohana groups, like we've mentioned. We have missions and uh, community houses and all these wonderful ways, the Justice Ministries, uh, Sozo, all those are places where we can step in and try things to, to step into purpose. I promise you, if you take steps in this, if you look at the influences and, and do some, some like deep work, that the journey that you'll discover with God will be one that is unique and your design. And as you run with people, it'll be amazing. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you for all who are watching this minute. I pray that you would settle on them, that you would uh, move in the things that were from your heart today. that you would help us to see what you see in our own lives and in one another. And then we get really serious about this, Lord. 
because you got lots of stuff for us to do and it's going to be amazing. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Aloha, Blue Water. Thanks again for joining us for another online Sunday service. You know, the most influential person you can ever have in your life is Jesus. Anything that he's ever done for you in the past, the present, and your future is always in your best interest. If today's sermon really spoke to you, contact our prayer line and let them pray over you. Especially if you are in need of breaking off any negative influences in your life, as well as you are ready now to receive a lot of positive influence in your life, such as joining in a Hana group or being in a community of other believers who really can help you in your faith walk. Well, church, we'll see you next week when Rolo and Malia Bright speak on the fourth attribute of a blue water traveler, which is listening to God. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. See you next week.